They arrested the guy in the Times Square shooting in Florida. He wounded two women. He wounded a four-year-old girl. You saw the police officer running with this child. Yeah, but cops are terrible or something. Farrakhan Muhammad is his name, apprehended by U.S. Marshals and members of the New York, New Jersey Regional Fugitive Task Force in Jacksonville, where he was staying with a girlfriend. She has good taste in guys, let me tell you that much. Whoo, she sure does. He spends a lot of time in Times Square passing out bootleg CDs, arrested several times over the last few years. Charged back in 2018 with harassing a 25-year-old woman on the phone, sending her threatening text messages. March of 2018, arrested for aggravated assault. I'm sorry, aggravated harassment in Midtown. On March 14th, 2020, he was arrested for assault in Midtown. Between 2007 and 2015, he was arrested seven other times on various charges, including robbery, grand larceny, and fraud. Look, there are some people who are just terrible people. There are some people who are bad people. We should say so. We should know so. But this shooting in Times Square was much more about the response of the police and how the people who hate cops want to defund cops, destroy cops. You know Colin Kaepernick has got a book out about abolishing the police? Wait, what's, what's the name of the book? Hold on a second. Uh, Kaepernick has a new book. Right, Kaepernick, uh, who of course wears the socks with with cops as as as, as pigs, everything else. Um, the book is called "Abolition for the People: the, the 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 Movement for a Future Without Policing and Prisons." The book was originally titled "Why I'm Not Playing in the NFL," but they felt that that was uh, wasn't on the nose enough. So, abolition for the people. You have a choice to make. You can be on the side of abolition and getting rid of police departments and defunding police departments, or you can be on the side of being normal and saying we can do things to make police departments better. I mean, that is up to you. These kinds of choices exist everywhere. One of the people who has to make this choice is Liz Cheney. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Let me ask you. Liz Cheney was voted out of leadership today in the Republican Party. Do you care? Do you think it matters? Is this a positive or a negative for the Republican Party? You tell me. 833, got 833-468-8669. Which is it? How do you feel about it? Does it change the way you see the Republican Party? What would you like to see next from the Republican Party? Liz Cheney spoke yesterday on the House floor, and she was... Very, very passionate. I am a conservative Republican, and the most conservative of conservative principles is reverence for the rule of law. The Electoral College has voted. More than 60 state and federal courts, including multiple judges the former president appointed, have rejected his claims. The Trump Department of Justice investigated the former president's claims of widespread fraud and found no evidence to support them. The election is over. That is the rule of law. That is our constitutional process. Those who refuse to accept the rulings of our courts are at war with the Constitution. Let us be perfectly clear that she is making a mistake here. 
as she impassionedly speaks about the rule of law. Since I know that Joe Biden is president of the United States, this is a commentary that has no value. The question before us is not that some person yells, this was a fake election or this was a fraudulent election. The rational person does say prove that. When Sidney Powell said she had proof of, of, of that was the Kraken and Dominion, we'll show the proof. Tony, she doesn't have to show you. She has to show a judge. Well, okay. I'm not going to disagree with you there. You got me. But eventually, you're going to have to show we the people so we the people, the court of public opinion, can make a call. It's a rational point of view. Yes, she'll have to show a judge. You can't just scream something and then not prove it. But does Liz Cheney want to sit there and tell us that Pennsylvania is fine? I accept that Joe Biden's the president of the United States, but is Pennsylvania fine? I put forth to you that Pennsylvania is not fine, as we have discussed. The judicial usurped the authority of the legislative, and they never, ever should have certified those elections. What happened there was awful. And if we believe, Liz Cheney, in the rule of law, then we should stand opposed to what took place in Pennsylvania. When Congress made moves to challenge electoral votes, they had a methodology by which they could do so. Vice President Mike Pence had no methodology by which he could send back those certifications to be recertified. Not a one. Now, it's possible he could have just invented it out of whole cloth and said, I'm sending it back. And then someone could have to challenge his authority to do so as vice president of the United States. That would have been interesting. But there was nothing written specific to saying he had that right. So how is he supposed to invent that right? I put forth to you in the challenging of the election, the rule of law was indeed followed. The argument that I think makes the most sense and actually does give me pause is the one that is a conversation about federalism. States have rights and the power of the states matters greatly. So here we have a situation by which the states say this is our vote and you have the federal government saying we're not so sure. That could be seen as an affront to federalism. I think that's a very interesting conversation and one that I grapple with. But I am constantly left to the idea that if there was a legal proceeding, a procedure, an avenue to be able to challenge those electoral votes, it's fine. Take away the procedure. Don't say you don't like the procedure. Take away the procedure. So in two situations, I have the law being followed. What mathematics is Liz Cheney now giving us, the representative from Wyoming? And so we're clear, she was removed from party leadership. She's still the representative from Wyoming. What is she referring to when she talks about the rule of law and ensuring that we don't abandon it? Our duty is clear. Every one of us who has sworn the oath must act to prevent the unraveling of our democracy. This is not about policy. This is not about partisanship. 
This is about our duty as Americans. Remaining silent and ignoring the lie emboldens the liar. I will not participate in that. I will not sit back and watch in silence while others lead our party down a path that abandons the rule of law and joins the former president's crusade to undermine our democracy. She is conflating issues and doing damage to her argument. The rule of law has not been abandoned. I reject this, and I'm asking you to do that as well. No one has abandoned the rule of law. That you have somebody saying, I don't believe the election result? Well, stand in line. Stacey Abrams, Hillary Clinton, my gosh. You can argue, and I think successfully... That it makes you look like a crazy person when you're saying, I won the election. You got to prove you won the election. And part of what we know to be true is that Republicans got outlawed back in July and August of 2020 because you allowed mail in ballots, which is, of course, a disaster, an unmitigated disaster. But Liz Cheney's argument here is suspect. She believes what Donald Trump is doing is wrong. And I have no comment to that. You're entitled to believe what Donald Trump is doing is wrong. It's okay. But the rule of law is not being followed. So that was yesterday. She gets voted out of leadership today. And here she is discussing that. Conference meeting. Uh, I uh, am absolutely committed, as I said last night, uh, as, as I said just now to my colleagues, uh, that we must go forward uh, based on truth. We cannot both uh, embrace the big lie and embrace the Constitution. And going forward, uh, the nation needs it. The nation needs a strong Republican Party. Uh, the nation needs a party that uh, that is based upon fundamental principles of conservatism. And I am committed and dedicated to ensuring uh, that that's how this party goes forward. And I plan to lead the fight to do that. I believe that America needs a party dedicated to conservatism. But this idea we cannot both embrace the big lie and embrace the Constitution. First, stop calling it the big lie. It's disgusting. That is a Holocaust reference. Stop it. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it just rubs me the wrong way. It's gross. Nobody has stopped an embrace of the Constitution. No, wait, I I take that back. Many people have stopped an embrace of the Constitution, and we should address that fully. None of it has to do with Donald Trump, and none of it has to do with where Republicans are at, which is something I do disagree with. They want to push the Trump agenda as America's agenda, as opposed to utilizing the policy ideas and stop calling it the Trump agenda. Because then it becomes this idea of idol worship, which I don't think actually does you any good. Liz Cheney has done herself no favors here when she says this about the vote. I do not. I think that uh, it is uh, an indication of where the Republican Party is, uh, and I think that the party uh, is in a place that we've got to bring it back from, and we've got to get back to a position where uh, we are a party that can fight for conservative principles, that can fight for substance. We cannot be dragged backward uh, by uh, the very dangerous lies of a former president. Thank Thank you. You cannot fight for the principles of the conservative uh, thought process. 
if the first thing you do after this press conference is sit down with Savannah Guthrie of NBC. Now, I do believe in talking to people. But you understand that you're the useful idiot at this moment. You are a tool utilized by the political left to attack the political right, which believes that the political right shouldn't even have a voice in the airwaves. You know, it's Fox and Newsmax today. It's radio tomorrow. We know this is coming. You talk to any radio host, they know, any radio host worth their damn salt, they know that it's coming. You, first thing you do is gonna, you're gonna discuss your conservative bona fides by running to NBC? It's a weird thing to do. But it's a weirder thing to think that somehow, by saying this about Donald Trump, what you are upholding is a conservative bona fide. The problem with Liz Cheney's argument is that it is not one. It is a belief. It is not an argument. It is a point of view. It is not a statement of principle. A statement of principle is that we should have low taxes and remove regulation to allow people to best live their lives because government is not someone's silent partner. A statement of principle is that we should reduce regulation and make sure Congress is only focused on Article 1, Section 8. A statement of principle is that we should uphold Article 4, Section 4 that says we will provide to every state within the union a republic form of government and we will protect the citizens from invasion. Therefore, a strong southern border. These are principles. We should have free and fair elections, and we should ensure that every lawful citizen who can vote gets to vote. These are principles. I don't like what that big orange loudmouth had to say is not a principle, it's a point of view. And Liz Cheney is conflating these things and trying to get people to say, oh yes, this is sound. It's not sound. The people agreeing with you are CNN, MSNBC, and and, uh, the Washington Post. Why? Because you're good for their cause. You're good for their desire to destroy. Standing for principle is valuable and sometimes very lonely. But right now, what you're doing, Representative Cheney, is playing the part of the useful idiot. And I don't actually believe you are an idiot. But I don't think anything changes because you're out of leadership. I don't think the party's worse off. I think a party that isn't focused on Biden, Harris, Israel, the border, the economy, and gasoline, I think that party is doomed. I'm Tony Katz. I'm going to get more into what's going on in Israel. My commentary from Newsmax, which is making the rounds of that commentary from just yesterday. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Uh, Tony Katz, today, uh, the moon and Mars. A crescent moon is going to pass Venus, Mercury, and Mars this week. I'm not quite sure what that means. So on the evenings of of the 12th through the 15th, was that today? That's today. That's today. 
the moon is going to be in the, inf- in the vicinity of Venus, Mercury, and Mars. So it's a thin crescent moon, low on the horizon by Venus on May 12th, just above Mercury on May 13th, and next to Mars by May 15th. So you got to be looking west after sunset to see the moon and the planets. Venus will be brightest, followed by Mercury and then Mars. Wait, isn't Mars closer than Mercury? Maybe it's not as bright. Right, maybe it's not as bright. Because it ha- it's the sun, maybe that. The big yellow one's the sun. That's right. Thank you, Brian Regan. And all three um, should be visible, even though it's going to be harder to see Venus because they're going to be uh, competing with the light. I am always amazed that when these stories come out, like all of a sudden my social media feed is just filled flooded with people who are taking pictures and they got they got the uh they got the super camera out and they they've got the, the the lenses I didn't I didn't know people were this into these things but they are and it's very very cool the last thing I did where where the rest of the country was doing it um uh I I I, I it was the the what was it the the eclipse and you had to wear the special glasses Right, that that was uh, that was it. That's the last thing uh, that I did, uh, and of course, you know, I appreciate the commentary uh, uh, on, on Twitter. Um, uh, according to TS Rambles, <laughs> hard to keep up with that last segment. I was talking about Liz Cheney, right? Rather zigzag. No idea where callers th- caller thoughts could land. Liz Cheney may be the useful idiot in this drama, but GOP leaving her statement only uh, reflects poorly on the party and its Donald John Trump bootlicking stance. Well, that is also an opinion. And I would argue that I get it. If, if you think that the party shouldn't be so about Donald Trump, it should be more about uh, the principles of conservatism. I'm, I'm down with that. But let's not lose sight of the lessons that Trump teaches. And I'm not quite sure what was zigzag, but okay. I mean, maybe it's hard. Maybe it's hard to follow. Maybe these things have nuance and they take time to kind of figure out and, and share. I'm okay with that too. You know, I'm, I, I, I'm not for everybody. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's always simple stuff out there. This is Tony Katz today. How can we even think that this gas shortage is just a non-story? It's an absolutely incredible, giant story. It's madness. And how can the Secretary of Energy, uh, Granholm, former governor of, of Michigan, be so incredibly flippant. Obviously, we have the acute issues with the Colonial Pipeline ransomware attack, but looking more holistically in a macro view, how does this speed up the efforts at DOE to move in more of a renewable direction since this is going to have an impact on people at the pump? Yeah, I mean, we obviously are all in on making sure that we meet the president's goals of getting to 100% clean electricity by 2035 and uh, net zero carbon emissions by 2050. And, um, you know, if you drive an electric car, this would not be affecting you, clearly. Um, But it's just, it's another, it's, I I don't want to, this company, um, 
is acting in a responsible way. Uh, they took their pipeline down so that the ransomware would not spread. And so up to this point, they have, they're carefully reviewing so that they're doing this in a responsible way. Uh, the broader issue is a very important issue. It's an issue for the president's uh, priority in the American Jobs Plan, the issue of investing in a transmission grid, for example, so that you don't have the cyber issues associated with it. So there's a lot of broader questions in this. Um, and we hope that we'll be able to see that investment in infrastructure that will facilitate clean and renewable energy. Ideology first. Ideology always. Why should we deal with the problem now? The answer is ideology. You wouldn't have any of these issues if we were just totally green. You know what we need? What we need is more solar. That'll do it. We need more solar power. We need more wind power. Hey, Representative McCall, Republican, why don't you ask John Kerry, the Iran-loving climate envoy, about how those solar panels are made? I would love to hear him answer that honestly. Very enormous challenge, but very important one in front of you. Um, Secretaries Blinken and Pompeo both said that the CCP is committing genocide against the Uyghur Muslim population. Last month, this committee uh, marked up uh, a bill I introduced along with uh, Chairman Meeks condemning this genocide. You recently said that uh, uh, we're quoted saying we have other differences on human rights, but those should not get in the way of something that is critical as dealing with climate. And I know you can try to compartmentalize it. The problem is it's, it's, it's intertwined. Because when you look at the supply chain, you look at China, they dominate the critical mineral supply and solar supply chains, all coming out of the Xinjiang province, which um, we believe is using slave labor to create these renewable energy sources. So my question to you is, um, how can you assure us or ensure that, that, that this uh, quest that we're on, uh, that, that slave labor coming out of China, where genocide is taking place as we speak, are never a part of the climate solution in the United States. Uh, you're absolutely correct. Uh, Ranking Member McCall, you're, uh, it is a problem. Xinjiang province not only produces some of the solar panels that we believe are being, in some cases, produced in forced labor by Uyghurs, but also um, uh, there are a significant amount of uh, uh, rare earth mineral that's used in the solar panels themselves. So first, we have an issue with the rare earth metals. But that's, let's leave that to the side. You're admitting that solar panels are made by, with slave labor. That the Uyghur Muslims that LeBron James doesn't care about are put into slavery, which of course they are. And those who are left at home are then victims of state-sanctioned rape. And they're making solar panels that you want to sell to us because you know the environment. So if we had more electric cars... Jennifer Granholm wouldn't have to worry about a pipeline getting cyber hacked. There's a weirdness at play here. First, if you know that Uyghur Muslims are being put into slavery to make solar panels, you stop the sale of solar panels immediately. A nation that would still allow those solar panels to be purchased in the United States, if that is happening, because I could be wrong on this, it's already being done, in which case I would applaud uh, from now until the end of time. 
If you allowed that to be sold in the United States, shame on you. What's wrong with you? That's sick. Oh, no, no. Count me out for solar panels. If they're made... I'm not opposed to solar, by the way. I love the idea. I just need the cost to be effective. But made by a slave labor? No, 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 thank you. I'm going to pass on that one, if you don't mind. And every rational person should pass. But Granholm's entire conversation... Well, you know, if people had electric cars, you know, they don't have to they don't have to worry about this. <laughs> wow. Ideology before humanity. It's unreal how willing these people are to say, well, we we told you so, so no response, no response to the to the to the cyber hack. And by the way, it's it's a gas line today. Will be will it, will there be a response when the hack is only against Warner Brothers Studios and all their new releases? So instead of having to get HBO Max for fourteen ninety nine a month, it's just released on the internet for free. Because why should I have to pay uh, Disney Plus for Winter Soldier? Why should I have to pay for for the four-hour cut of Justice League? Hack, release, oh well. Oh well, you know, if, uh, you know, it's just the way it is. No, for those people, we'll go to the mattresses. It's really ugly. It really is so remarkably ugly. If you know that... Uyghur Muslims are being enslaved and making solar panels. You you end the sale of solar panels. By the way, John Kerry wasn't done letting you know how woke he is. Uh, I, I'm, I'm on a time schedule, people. As you know, I fly commercial. Mr. If we can Mr. Chairman, I'm sorry to impose, but uh, I was just asking my staff. I thought we originally, I think the hearing was set from 10 to, t- to noon, and I can push to 1230, but I am flying commercial. Uh, and have a flight that I have to make, so I have to leave here by 12.30. Got it. Well, I, my information, I've been corrected, so we have an even Sorry harder. About that. 12.30, I, I will be... Uh... It's like you had to tell everybody you was flying commercial. You know, I don't fly private anymore, even though I'm, you know, me and the missus got about a billion dollars. No, no, no. No, I fly commercial. I have to make that flight. See, I care about the environment. Ugh. The posturing. The latest on Israel, my take, and what they're doing to Gal Gadot. Is anyone surprised that bigots are going to bigot? I'm Tony Katz. So Israeli and Palestinian protesters are now fighting in New York. This is bombs continue to fly in Israel and Hamas. A terrorist organization continues their attacks. Oh, yes, of course, it's the Israelis who are the problem. Well, that's not true. The idea that it's just the Israelis willy-nilly throwing people out of their homes. Well, it's much deeper than that now, isn't it? Oh, they're grabbing the Palestinians and they're tossing them and they're not treating them as human beings. It's much, much more complicated than that. 
Not if you listen to people like a Representative Rashida Tlaib. Not if you even listen uh, to people within uh, the media apparatchik. No, 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 no. We have to take a look at this in a, in a much cl- more clear-headed way. What's going on and what continues to go on? Is it really the story that it's happening during Ramadan? How about I put forth to you that, of course, it's happening during Ramadan because that's when the attacks come. So when Israel responds, they look bad for attacking during Ramadan. Why are we, why are we surprised uh, by this? If you missed my interview with Aviv Ezra, the Council General uh, from Israel to the Midwest of the United States, this has a lot to do with Hamas not being able to engage a vote to take over the Palestinian Authority, thus creating an opportunity where Hamas loses out on having more power and having more ability to cause damage uh, to Israel, and so they're reacting. Hamas is a terrorist organization funded by Iran. And this conflict will continue to go on as long as terrorists are in control. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, always good to be with you guys. That's what's going on. Terrorists are in control, funded by Iran. And you can't get a single Democrat to recognize this. Now, maybe they exist, and I got to give them a little more credit. I did not so much yesterday when I was on Newsmax. I'll get to that. But why is it when Gal Gadot, the actress, we're talking about Wonder Woman here, writes this, right? She's Israeli. She served. Yeah. This is a vicious cycle that has been going on for far too long. Israel deserves to live as a free and safe nation. Our neighbors deserve the same. I pray for the victims and their families. I pray for this unimaginable hostility to end. I pray for our leaders to find the solution so we could live side by side in peace. She got vilified for that. She got ripped apart for that. She was torn asunder for making such a statement. She got accused of being guilty of ethnic cleansing and violence towards Palestinians. Now, I have to say to you that I have a very specific point of view on this subject. And it goes back to what I was saying just a little bit ago, that we're not talking about Palestinians. We're talking about terrorism. But I was on Newsmax yesterday And I was asked a question as we were talking about this conversation, and I actually recognized as some of the other people on the panel were speaking, I was like, all right, I'm hot. I'm hot on the subject. I recognized it the moment it happened. I've done enough radio and enough TV to know when I'm there. And when that happens, I say to myself, okay, nothing ever good happens when you're hot. (laughs) It doesn't, man. That's when mistakes get made. But sometimes, if you can recognize it and just bring it down a quarter step, you can channel it. And it takes practice. I have failed at this, by the way. I'm good at it these days. And when Heather Childers kind of turned the question of what was happening in in Israel to this idea of President Trump saying that it was the fault of 
Joe Biden. You know, uh, Tony, I want you to respond to this, but I'll just summarize because we did get a response from the former president. And amongst the things that he said, he, he blames uh, Biden for weakness, lack of support for Israel uh, for the Hamas strikes. And there's his full statement there. So I heard that about Donald Trump blaming Biden. And I immediately said, no, 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 no. Biden is only a part of the problem. And that's when I channeled it. There. Look, uh, you're, you're not going to get me to disagree with President Trump here, but I, I, I'm Jewish. I, I don't blame uh, Joe Biden. I blame Jews who voted for Joe Biden. I blame Jews who don't understand that survival is everything. I blame Jews who can't figure out that sometimes mean tweets are worth putting up with. We were told you can't move an embassy to Jerusalem because you'll create a war. You've got a war. Don't you understand they hate you? Don't you understand they want you dead? When they chant from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, it's a call to genocide. Don't you understand that Representative Rashida Tlaib is an anti-Semite who hates you? That Representative Ilhan Omar and basically the entirety of the Democratic Party that allows these people to stay within their ranks, they hate you. They hate you and they want Israel gone. You may not agree with all of Israel's policies. I don't agree with all of Israel's policies. But you don't understand the value of Israel in your life? That's what the fool does. You've lived through this kind of horror and terror before, and you're willing to vote for people who are so desperately on the side of Iran. And let's be clear, when we talk about Hamas and these attacks, we're talking about Iran. Where else is the funding coming from? We know that we saw Iran and a boatload of weapons stop that was heading for the Uthi rebels uh, down there in Yemen. We know who is doing this. We understand who the problem is. And I have American Jews who want to lecture to me, but they won't even think for a second about their own future. The problem is American Jews who are supposed to be the smart ones, too stupid for their own good and not willing to vote in their best interests. Ashanda is what we call it and damn straight. I apologize for nothing. You can make the argument that you didn't vote for Donald Trump for a series of reasons. But if you voted for Joe Biden because you thought you were going to have a better Middle East, well, you lied to yourself and you hurt those you love. I mean, these are just the facts. I don't blame Joe Biden for the existence of Hamas. I blame the Democratic Party that doesn't recognize that Iran is the enemy of free and thinking people and continues to move down the road of working with them. I blame the people who say of Gal Gadot she's guilty of uh, pushing for uh, ethnic cleansing and violence towards Palestinians. Not only are these people wrong, they're they're despicably dense. That's what I'm opposed to, sickened by. And that's what we need to say is enough. You cannot have peace with a terrorist organization that wants you dead. You can have peace with quote-unquote Palestinians. I know it can come. They're fighting for it in many ways and getting killed by Hamas for trying Until you recognize that Iran is the enemy, the Iran leadership is the enemy, not the Persian people, but the Ayatollah and the hardliners, the the mullahs and the clerics. And until you do something about it, nothing's going to change. And you can't have peace with them. So don't listen to Rashida Tlaib.
Don't listen to bigots. Listen to reason. And let us finally do something about the threat that is the Iranian leadership. I'm Tony Katz.